0: Seraphim. This is Dycax, your host for the Voice of Seraphim, and Eldritch Song, the clan captain of Seraphim, is your co-host. Welcome to episode 18. Welcome to episode 18 of the Voice of Seraphim, recorded on Saturday, March 26th, 2011. Voice of Seraphim is your source for all the news and information related to Magic Online and the Seraphim clan. Seraphim hosts a weekly tournament, monthly leagues, and other regularly scheduled events, including a cube draft. Use voice chat and have an active forum where you can find out more about Seraphim. You can find us at SeraphimClan.org. Today's episode of the Voice of Seraphim will be discussing the recent Classic Popper tournament, this month's Clone Magic League, and a and besieged Crack a Pack a la Limited Resources. This week we are joined by Osric, Pastafarian, Avenged, and Fracture to discuss the Sword of War and Peace. The new Magic Online Client and Muse about a clan convocation at Gen Con. Well who's joining us tonight? This is
1: Song, Clank Captain Seraphim.
0: You got Osric here. Joey's here. Roger's here. Uh, must Pete Keaton. Republican. And then Joey, how did you do in the sealed last night? 4 You're badass.
2: Aggression for the win.
0: What did you crack?
2: Uh, my best card was Mirror Turbine.
0: Just dominated
2: Mostly I just had A few removal spells Red white nearsmith, smith And a bunch of artifacts the old Red white beatdown. With a um, Honorable mention To Kadotha flame fiend Because it is a bomb
0: Yeah I had one of those Alright So we had a Classic popper event Today And Osric um, Took home the win For that Osric Tell us about your deck
3: um, well, it's a pretty straightforward goblins build. Play lots of creatures, kill with lots of creatures, burn
0: them away. Not really a whole lot of it. Who did you destroy along the way? Well, I played.
3: Uh, uh... Who did I play? Hold on a second, I'll have that up. Let's see. I started out playing Master Treetop, who was also a match up in the finals and rat the rats. And we had some pretty close games all the way around. Then I played against uh, The Avenged, who I pl- played again in the top four with the Red winds and coming down to him not having fire blasts in his hand when I killed him. And then I played against Greenism in the Mirror Match, and he actually beat me, but had to drop before the top four.
0: Um, well, congratulations. Thank you. Eldritch, can you give us an update on the Clone Magic League?
1: Uh, we're currently in the first week of Clone Magic, so by the time you get this podcast, we'll probably be starting the second one, and um, I guess it's been pointed out that there really aren't that many leaders so far. It seems to be pretty even, so we don't have anyone going undefeated, so that's nice. Uh, the rankings probably won't be updated until the second week is over, but uh, you're welcome to check out the uh, the match results posted in the league the events, well, the league part of the forums under events. If you want to check out who's been posting what kind of results. Uh, But just wanted to point out that uh, registration is always open for the league, so you're welcome to join. We currently have nine people signed up for the league, and it would be nice to have a few more attached to that number. And uh, I mentioned this during our, our Mumble meeting before the tournament, but if it turns out we do get a few more people, but their uh, games are coming in pretty slow. It's possible we could extend the, uh, the league deadline by a week, make it a week longer so people have more time to play, but that's something to consider the further we get along with the Clone Magic League. And let's see, the uh, the rules for this week uh, was one deck to rule them all, which was a 60-card deck, singleton, uh, no sideboard. For the second week of the Clone Magic League, it's going to be one deck to find them all, which is a 60-card deck with no sideboard. And it's monocolored only. But artifacts are allowed. But there aren't you cannot use any hybrid or multicolored cards. So that's the rules for the
0: following week in the league. So for those who don't know, can you tell us about the leagues?
1: Sure. Basically the way it works is it's a free not kind of a free format, it's not time based, not schedule based. Uh, what happens is you sign up for the league, and typically you are sent a sealed pool, which would be from whatever block we're going to be playing. This one's a bit different because we're using clone magic. Uh, and just to be quick about that, clone magic is sort of a, a body of cards we're using that was put together by Easy Pickens for his clone magic event that he holds each weekend. Uh, anyway, so everybody in the league has the same card pool, and you use those cards to build decks. And the deck building rules are why change from week to week uh, in the league, and... That's where the uh, the challenge comes in for the, the player that participates in the league. So once you sign up, all you need to do is just log into Magic Online and you ask in Clan Chat uh, for you know a league game if anybody wants to play. You guys send a challenge, you play the you know, the league match, and then you post the results to one of the event coordinators that should be online, and they will, you know, take care of those results, and at the end of the league, we tally up all those points and the top five new prizes.
0: And you talked a little bit about Clone Magic. Tomorrow night, Sunday night, we have a Clone Magic tournament coming up.
1: Yep, it'll be Sunday night at 8 p.m. Seracum time, and uh, the format for this Clone Magic will be the same deck building rules as the current week uh, in the league the way they have the way you're playing in the league at the same time. You don't have to change anything uh, in order to deploy in the Clone Magic tournament. So if you're interested in finding out more about Clone Magic, you're welcome to check out the Clone Magic section on the forums um, under Player Run Events. And Easy Pickens has quite a few posts there explaining how things work and even has some places where you can download the, the card pool, the way you can pick those up in Magic Online if you're interested in putting some decks together.
0: Cool. And we talked about the clan tournament that happened this afternoon, Saturday, um, was the Classic Popper, which Osric won with this Goblins deck. Next Friday night is Bring Your Own Standard, and that's at 8 p.m. Seraphim time? Yep,
1: 8 p.m. Seraphim time.
0: Which is also known as Eastern time.
1: And for those that don't know what Build Your Own Standard is, uh, basically it is you choose uh, two different blocks and one core set, and they can be, be whatever you want. It's a classic format, uh, so you can choose... You know, any two blocks and any core set, and that becomes your standard. And you can build a deck using those sets uh, and then bring it to the tournament. And everyone's probably going to choose different blocks, different core sets. So it's actually pretty interesting to see the different builds everybody brings. I do want to point out that if your card pool is limited, uh, you're welcome to just bring a normal standard deck if you can't put together anything uh, more elaborate than that. Uh, But just know that you'll be facing lots of older cards, probably from people that want to be or explore no other combinations.
0: First place is a Magic 2011 booster pack. Second place is a full art hinder Third place is a full art Terror, and fourth place is a full art Giant Growth. Those are very nice. Oh, and I'm seeing a banned restricted list.
1: It hasn't been updated for a while, but there is a you should call it like an organization that monitors build your own standard, and they come up with this band list, which keeps out the cards that could potentially be on and break the format. So those are the ones that are not allowed to be played, uh, just to make sure that everyone's on a solid footing and we don't have any kind of overpowered combos going on.
0: Still plenty of overpowered combos, though. And have you or Pasta done a video recently?
1: Um, No, we have not. The most recent video that I posted was the cube draft that we did this past Wednesday, which I posted up, I believe, yesterday.
0: Yeah, I must have just missed that cube draft. What time did you guys play?
1: We played at 7.30 uh, Seraphim time past Wednesday and went on for maybe about three hours or so. And that was a pretty fun experience. We actually had the full eight people for that draft, so it was nice.
0: And how's the cube going?
1: See, the cube currently has 446 cards out of the 450 we need. So actually we're very, very close to having our base list completed.
0: That's nice.
1: In terms of ticket value, we need about 30 more tickets and then that list will be completed, and then from that point on, we'll just either be adding or replacing cards, uh, taking out some of the, you know, I guess the the budget cards and bringing in the cards we actually wanted to put in originally, and uh, adding non-basic lands and things like that.
0: How did the cube list originally come to be? Like, who made the list?
1: Uh, Plague Dogma put the list together. Um, From what I understand, he uh, drew the cards from several different sources online, people that have already been... Had already made a cube and had you know tested them and put together the, you know like an optimal list and so he went around and found some of those lists and kind of morphed them together and the result was our our cube list.
0: Cool, and who won?
1: Uh, Matthew's Meg won, actually. Uh, it was him and I in the finals, and um, it was close I think, but he had a really sweet deck so, and it was uh, I think it was black and white. And it was had a lot of this, a lot of discard in it, and a lot of board sweepers.
0: And pasta, what have you been up to lately? What are you playing?
1: Uh, scars drafts.
0: How's that going? What's the trick?
4: Uh, the trick for me seems to be switching over to eight four.
0: Really? From four three
4: two two? Yep. It just seemed to be. Uh, I was telling Song earlier, eight fours for me are so much easier. Like the last five, including the one I did tonight, I have gone less than the finals.
0: Hmm. Why would that be?
4: Well, I think it is, is if if you're playing a 4-3 or a a Swiss, you end up with more people who aren't uh, accustomed to the format, so picks aren't quite taken in the order they should probably be. So it kind of screws up signals, it screws up uh, somebody trying to force stuff, because you end up with that random dude in there taking stuff that it really shouldn't be. Taken when they're taking it for whatever reason, because, oh, I need a whatever for my collection, and the 8.4 is, it, 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 everything just flows like you would expect it to. It's really easy to read what's going to spin around, and once you end up in your color cut off something, you actually reap the rewards of it.
0: Huh, interesting. I'm that random dude, by the way.
4: Hey, nice to meet you.
0: Good to meet you, too. That's interesting, though.
4: That's just a theory, but...
0: No, it makes sense. So
4: far, it seems to be...
0: I mean, there's a lot of people at play online, so it does make sense. They can get in the right queue. So you've been winning.
4: Uh, Like I said, when you into the finals, I usually split roll once I hit that point.
0: Well, you guys want to move on to news, or do you have anything else from the clan to talk about?
1: One thing I do want to mention that I already talked about a bit in the, the Mumble meeting and things like that was I wanted to start doing a segment on the main page called Decks of the Week. And that would just be, I would make a, a post that had all the, all the winning decks from our events. So, for instance, like, I would have for the, the next one, like, Osric's deck uh, up there. I'd also have the deck that won the cube draft for that week and also the one that won the Clone Magic Tournament and maybe even the deck that's performing the best in the league. You just kind of compile that list and let people take a look at that and just see see whether anyone's interested in really in seeing which decks are kind of dominating the standard. Or the, the, I guess you could say the, the meta of Seraphim.
0: And I guess it's worth mentioning that we are now posted on mtgcast.com. Chris Otwell has been kind enough to put our stuff up there. Nice.
1: So what's different about uh, our la- our later podcasts that make them more fit to be there than our, our previous ones?
0: What do you mean? Um, I mean, we wait, were posted on there before and
1: you asked them to remove them.
0: Yeah, because I didn't know everybody was going to be okay with it. I just asked him if he would post them. And clearly he would, because he started to. But, you know, I hadn't talked to any of you guys. I'm not the clan, so I can't make decisions like that. And I went through and edited out all the banana fist.
2: That's a lot of editing, man.
0: it's a lot of editing. It is.
2: we're going to have to tell Fist not to say it anymore?
0: guess so. The dream dies. The dream dies.
4: Wait, why is Banana Fist going? Banana Fist.
0: Felt like it was important to go back through all the other prior voices of Seraphim and take out, wow, all the Banana Fists. Why? Just felt like that was important to do before they got posted. Have you guys seen the announcement from PAX East? From Brian David Marshall? I have not. First, I'm um, first, Nin the pain Artist is quite endowed.
2: And he's pretty interesting. I-, I like the, like, this, this kind of statistical strategy he has upon him.
0: Very political card. And she has four arms, it appears. But it, did you guys see Cardor, the ghost chieftain?
1: Yeah, he was mm-hmm. one of the first spoiled.
0: Oh, really was he? I didn't catch that at all. I'd seen Nin and the Archangel of Strife, but not Cardor.
1: Alright. right under his picture, ghost was ready, already known to some, having been revealed on the MTG Commander.net forums. When the new decks were first announced.
2: Ghost now It sounds like a card that already exists. I like the New
1: Angel. That is a pretty sweet card, in my opinion.
2: Oh, the one that makes you pe- pick peace of war. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I don't know. I, I kind of would like a more in- more interesting effect, depending on who picked what. But I guess plus free attack is pretty awesome.
1: I don't know. I mean, I guess the effect's not necessarily that awesome, but the flavor, is, flavor is, for that card is awesome. It's the kind of effect I expect an angel to have.
2: It's definitely a cool concept, like, you know, like players having to pick a, like, a thing. but I just think that the reward for doing that's not quite as awesome as it could have been.
1: Yeah, it's kind of cool also to see that, like, depending on what you choose, the angel when it comes into play is either going to be a 9 6 or a 6 9. That's a pretty awesome,
0: pretty big card. Hmm. Seems like it would balance out.
1: I don't think too many
2: people are gonna be picking uh, picking the one that adds to defense.
0: That random guy would. Yeah, There's actually a
2: player on Magic Online called that his name.
0: Random guy.
2: No, that random guy. Uh. I just still make an account with that.
0: All right. Well, Fracture was kind enough to point out the Magic Online development update. Did you guys check that out? News on the new client.
1: Yep. I read that thing and some of the some of it's a bit. Beyond my technical experience, but for the most part, I'm pretty sure I understood what he was saying.
2: Tom can't make make, make peace of it. I definitely won't be able to, so I'm
0: not gonna read it. You could look at the pictures. You got pictures? Pictures. It's got pictures. You just made a vengeance day. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, it's got some screenshots of the new uh, client. It's hard to uh, gather very much from it, besides the fact that it looks cool.
1: I guess one thing I like about it is that if you look like on the one the the Jace Bellerin style one, the the blue background the actual, not the uh, the the login screen, but the actual like battle, the duel scene, is where you have um like on the right hand we have those tabs that have like Exile, Revealed, and then Shield, different tabs. Like I always hate when like. Your cards get exiled and then it pops up the big window in your screen, you have to like minimize it and all those tabs are just like hanging there on the bottom of your screen. It's kinda cool now that all those things are just gonna be kind of shoved over to the side and then you can expand the tab and look at your cards and then get rid of them if you're not interested in seeing them.
0: Oh that is cool. Yeah, it's hard to tell how all the space is being used. Um, but that's interesting. You can see those tabs. That would be cool. That is nice. I wonder how it'll play out with Commander. Because that's particularly annoying in Commander.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure what they're going to do there. That's why they still, I guess, they're still testing the multiplayer section, but I mean, overall, I think the client, the, the new client, not quite the radical change maybe that some people were expecting, considering the amount of time it's been ta- it's taken to get to this point. But overall, I, I think it definitely looks like it's going to be an improvement over the previous client, and that's, I mean, I guess when it's been this long, you'll take whatever you can get, I guess. <laughs>
2: Um. What, what's the what's the what's the estimated time of arrival on this thing?
1: Um. They're supposed to. They're supposed to be doing a beta test for this client in the second quarter of this year. So I imagine we
0: might actually see a new client this year. That's the hope. He certainly uh, gives that impression, doesn't he? Be very nice. Yeah. It was. Nice.
2: It was saying around the end of the second quarter. Is this
0: going to be a closed bit, or how? How would one get into it? It looks like there's an open, a closed beta, and then an open beta. Let me see here. There will be a series of betas beginning in the back half of Q2, quarter two, that begin closed and end in an open beta of the full client.
1: I'm not actually sure how you get into betas because obviously there's a beta for like whenever a new set comes out, they have betas for a few weeks in there. That's why they delay the release and mention online so long from paper release to test the actual.
2: Magic Online Clients, I'm not sure how you can get into those betas. But imagine if you could f- figure yeah. out that, it would be the same process for this one. Hmm. Do you, you have the same collection on the beta, or do you just have like a few cards, that new
1: sets, whatever? I don't really have any idea how that works.
3: Well, it should have access to the same servers. so could still have your whole collection on there. It's just a new interface to connect to the server.
2: Yeah, so it's not like a different entity of magical minds—the same thing. You'd have this; you had all the same assets to whatever. Oh
1: yeah,
3: definitely. Theoretically, yes. I don't know how they'll have that implemented at the beginning, so I'm not sure.
2: Well, I guess what my question is, whenever they make the new, whenever they have the open beta, or if they do have open beta testing for this new, um, for the new interface that's coming out, like. Will you have cards, or do you just do just hand you cards just for the beta, and then when the actual thing comes out, you have to start purchasing them again? I mean, that's what my question was. By the time it gets
3: to the open beta, it, you should definitely have access to your cards. At the beginning of the closed beta, you might or might not have access to them, depending on how they decide to do it.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, with like a closed beta, you might just be wanting to test a smaller group of cards, not introduce too many variables. Yeah. Well. Anything's better than what we got now. Wouldn't want
2: to complicate the magical Online system or
3: banning. I guess I'm just one of the few people that doesn't even really mind this client that much.
2: I never, I never really care about it myself, but I know a lot of people hate it.
1: I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. If you look at the client in a vacuum, it, would, you know, it does what it's supposed to do. It lets you play Magic Online, and that's what we all be come here to do anyway. But, I mean, if you look at the way that the like, design like, the design industry has been evolving over the past few years, and you look at the, the state that our current client is in, you wonder what these programmers at Wizards are even doing. Like, are they hiring, like, you know, like, high school students to design their software? Because it's just embarrassing the way, you know, the, the client has put together, like, the chat windows, even the graphics on there are just so outdated. And, like, everything could be, I mean, the entire thing does need to be tossed away and redesigned completely, which I'm glad to say they actually kind of did here.
3: The Wizards program is actually a room full of money. Monkeys controlled by Gleemax. What, what did you say? It's a room full of monkeys controlled by Gleemax. Oh.
1: <laughs> now, I guess the thing is, like, Magic's, in the past few years, has been getting a lot more popular again for some reason, and uh, Magic Online has kind of been exploding. There's people, almost anybody that wants to be serious about Magic has been getting online, and if you think about it that way, Ma- Magic Online really is not a good ambassador of the game, just because even though like, all the cards are the same, the client itself is just really clunky and old and outdated, and, And it just does not look as good, say, as, like, the Duels of the Pineswalkers interface that they've been coming out with for the Xbox or whatever. And just those kind of things are kind of spoiling people, and they get all magic online thinking it's going to be the same kind of experience, and they get this really outmoded and outdated client. And it's going to be disappointing and kind of off-putting to people.
0: Yeah, it is. As a Duels donk, I can tell you that that is the case. That, I mean, the Duels is just really, um, you know, it's sharp, it's sexy, it works. and Yeah, yeah, I guess the... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead.
3: I, I'm just going to say that I can see... I definitely for the game. I don't mind the interface because of that, but I can see a lot of people that just stand the way it looks and just dislike it for that.
0: I'm not even sure I would say I dislike it. It's just... It could be better. It could be so much better. I mean, it does, you know... It's nuts and bolts stuff. It gets the job done, but it, it just leaves a lot to be desired.
2: There's certain things, uh, you know, that I wish I could push up on, like, like like the clan chat interface and stuff like that, but, I mean, as a whole, I don't really have too many problems with it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, no, that's fair.
1: Yeah, I think I could probably just generally summarize that anything that does not have to play with directly playing the actual game of Magic can be totally redone because it's terrible, like, Magic, Magic plays very well on the client. Like, all the rules work, all the cards are there, the art is beautiful. I mean, the, the game itself, the cards, they work. But everything that's built around those cards, like just the, having to join the queues, the, the chat windows, the tabs in the bottom, the, you know, even the deck editor and the collection editor really do need a lot of work. And so all those things could definitely be improved a lot to make this client a lot more useful.
0: Like that's interesting. I think the deck editor and the collection, the collection part is really cool. What would you add or change to that? I
1: mean, the, the one thing that I w- that I know, I mean, there's probably a million things that like a million features that people would like to have to make those things simpler. But one thing that bothers me about the collection is the way you set things tradable, and that just has been the most annoying thing ever. Um, like you can't really like one thing I would like to be able to do is be able to make like a deck tradable without having to do. Like jump through a million hoops here, having to make my entire collection tradable. Like sort of the way the deck editor works, we can load a wish list. I want to be able to load a deck into my collection and have all those cards pop up and then I can make them all tradable instead of having to either go through them one by one making all those cards tradable or to make my entire collection tradable and hope the person that I'm trading to has that list available so they can load it up into a trade. Yeah, that's a cool idea. Yeah, that,
2: makes stuff like Cuban, that makes stuff like Cuban a lot easier, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, just in general, like the, the things you take for granted in paper, just being able to organize your cards, I mean, I love the fact that all the cards are kind of laid out for me. I don't have to worry about them getting crushed or creased or I can just search for them and they pop up, but there are a lot of things in there that could be made a lot more simple, and there are some features in there i definitely like to see. And also, one thing I noticed, like, in the deck editor, you can't sort things by rarity or anything like that. It's just, it's just weird the way they have the options laid out.
2: Yeah, like, I wish you could just search multicolor. color That's cool. Well,
1: I well, you guess, you guess you can, but I'm talking about an easier way to do it. Or, like, be able to turn off foils so that they don't ever, sh- like, they, it doesn't show up. Like, your foils don't show up and your, like, planeswalker cards never show up.
2: Oh, if they made a get rid of all your planes over charge, that button, that'd be the most awesome thing ever. <laughs> just make those tradable. I'd be like, I'd be like, trading up all day long.
1: Like, just think about how simple, though, this whole thing would be like, all you need is like little drop-down menu with checkboxes in it, and you just check off all the boxes for the sets and things you want to show up, and everything else just doesn't come up when you search for it. would be the simplest way to do it, and I just wish they would implement something like that to make, you know, finding cards in your collection in your deck editor a lot more streamlined.
0: Yeah, I wish chat were better, but I don't know how I would make it better. So It just seems very clunky and in the way. Well, for one, I
1: think they should introduce, like, tabs on the chat. The way when, like, five people message you, you don't get five different windows pop up. You just get one window that has five tabs on it. You can go back and forth through.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't really think you need to have the gigantic... Window that they open up when someone chats. You know, I mean, that thing's unnecessarily large for <laughs> the amount the of stuff I get typed in there. Now you could very easily have a very small little box with some nice print that you can that you can ma- maximize if you want to.
4: Well, you can minimize the chat box as it is now. Throw it into your sidebar and work off those tabs.
2: Yeah, you can do that, and that's what I, that's what I do do. and It does make it a little easier. But I mean, just to, straight off in the bat.
1: I don't know that even that thing only holds, like, eight tabs, so you have more than eight people talking to you at once, or more than eight things open, so, I mean, 30 defaulted like, five things open, so you have, like, three people talk to you, and you have to, like, scroll down and look at tabs, I mean, just, uh, overall, I think the chat is just horrible, and it needs to be, like, a dedicated space for chat that does not take up, it's not obtrusive, like, it just seems, you know, I I'm not surprised when people say that nobody ever talks in Magic Online, because it's so inconvenient and hard, and ridiculous, and it takes up too much space. Like, you're trying to play a game, and it's a giant chat window, and it's just, you know... And every time, like, if you have... Even if you, like, move your chat window over to the side, and so you're talking to somebody that's not in the game with you, whenever, like, a prompt comes up, and you're, like, anything else, it'll... Supersede that chat window and replace it with something else, and you just keep going back and forth, and it's just hard to keep up, like manage those com- conversations at once.
2: I mean, why can't they even, can't they even do something like, they, like kind of like doing wow, where it's just um, words just pop up on, on the left-hand corner of your screen or something, and you just kind of follow them whenever you think this is something important being said. You know, someone when, when someone like PMs you or whatever, like have it right above your hand and, and on your game board or something.
3: Well, I think what would work the best is if they made some kind of like transparent shadow text. Window that you could have open so that you can actually have it over your game screen and not have it be so obtrusive.
2: I kind of like that little box that pops up sometimes when you're playing a match. Yeah, that that that, that way it pops up whenever you're um whenever you're already like ha- like you're not wa- you're not watching your game chat whenever you're like down in the chat open or something.
4: Yeah, shadow box type thing shows up if you maximize your
1: screen and then you can just respond to what you want to respond to. Yeah. You have to actually click inside of the the dual space, and if you press Enter, it'll pop up that little shadow box.
0: How do you make it go away? I can't make it go away. Yeah, I know. I've had trouble
2: getting that thing off
0: before, and it pops up. It's stuck on. You yes.
1: just you just press Enter, don't type anything in there, and it goes away by itself.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I'll Google it. Have to Google a room for Monkeys.
2: it's
1: gonna it's gonna uh, Google Glimax first. Okay, stop typing. Well, I think we've racked on Mexico Line long enough. Hopefully the new client will fix some of these issues. Well, I don't think the things we pointed out haven't been mentioned before, so hopefully they're listening to feedback overall and the design of the new client.
2: Yeah, I'm going to send, them like, 500 angry letters from different, like, n- usernames names be like, fix this. I'm
0: pretty sure about a fifth of what they get every day, I'm sure 20% is an underestimate.
2: Well, I mean, I'm not gonna go for 60%, that would just seem like suspicious. Just...
0: <laughs> Alright, and so we have the new sword. Yeah, we do. Yay. And
2: I need to go look at that link.
0: What's your best guess on the sword? Well, we
3: had a long conversation about the possible abilities
2: earlier. I'm still sticking with the land destruction effect for the red side.
3: I'm telling you, land destruction is going to be way too overpowered to have it be on a sword. You could very easily lock somebody out of the game with just one hit.
1: It could be like an Ajani effect where you don't destroy their land, but you just tap it down for a turn.
3: That would be acceptable, yes. Having it, having it stay tapped and not having it actually become tapped when you use it would be
0: even more so. So what are the best guesses?
2: Uh, um, wh- wh- I think what was it? Leonard was saying that it might be artifact enchantment removal, like effects. Which I mean, I don't really necessarily like that. I mean, I, I understand it'd be really good in this um, format, but I just, I just think they could do something more flashy with the swords or fancy with the swords. Well, I came up with a couple
3: guesses that I think would be pretty, pretty uh, balanced for what it could be. Uh, one of them would be an artifact destruction, and then and then a recursion from the graveyard of an artifact uh, that is in target player's graveyard so that it would have the ability to bring back the fact that you just destroyed. And my other thought would have been that it would have a pyroclasm effect as well as a uh, a Johnny Goldman effect of giving plus-one, plus-one counters to your creatures.
1: I think if it has anything to do at all with artifact or enchantment removal, it's just going to be a piece of trash because... That's not what a sword should be doing.
2: Uh, that was that was my fault on it too. I just not, it's not fancy enough, not high enough level for something like sword. I
1: mean, it's not that that's not a logical thought though, because that's what white and red do. They destroy artifacts and they destroy enchantments. Just the thought though of that being on a sword, like that. I mean, that makes the sword only good if you're playing against artifacts and enchantments. I know there's a lot of those in this set, but they look at all the other swords that we've gotten so far. All of them don't need your opponent to have really anything for
2: them to be good. Yeah, I mean, all the swords are good in every format. That's, that's the thing that makes them so, like, good and so valuable. I bet it's going to have protection from red and white. Yeah. No, I think, no. I think they said it wasn't going to have that. <laughs> it's a good guess. I want protection from red and white. Yeah, that's that's long overdue. You know how many games I'm playing against my opponent, and, and I have a Stormboard Mystic, and I'm like... Why can't I fetch for a pro-white sword or a pro-red sword? I
1: mean, one thing I probably won't do is do direct damage or gain life, so we can at least pull those out, possibly. Yeah,
2: I mean, those have already been done on other swords, and I really don't think they're going to repeat the same effect on two different swords. No, they, they won't. They haven't done so so far, so it's pretty much guaranteed that they won't. I think, to me, Wizards likes to really try to get all the different... Like, when they have cycles like this, they always or multiple cycles using the same colors, they always like to try to s- or span on the colors' abilities. Like, they don't make the same, they're not going to, you know, they don't make the same, like, card twice. Like, if they came out with New the Titans, they're not going to have the same abilities as the Old Titans just because they want to use all the different aspects of that color's effects.
1: I could see potentially the sword having some kind of battle cry effect.
0: Ooh.
3: The thing is that all of the effects have to happen after it hits the opposing player. That's true. Yep. Yeah. That couldn't happen.
2: I kind of like, yeah, I kind of like uh, Octopus's idea of putting plus one plus counters on your creatures. That seems like a, a fair enough white ability for it, but I don't know about the red
0: ability.
1: I still like the tapping down the lands. now that we've mentioned that already because I just think that's a very, like, the, think about the only, like, red-white Prince worker we have and that's a Johnny Gold Goldmane. We're trying to think of abilities that might show up on a sword. Might be good to look at his abilities.
0: No
3: yeah,
2: ability he has, just land destruction abilities.
1: Yeah,
3: but land destruction is very overpowered. It's always has been, and to put it on a recurring effect like that is just way too insane. But yeah, like I said, it wouldn't actually tap down the permanent either. It would most likely just keep it from untapping. So you would have to hit something that already is tapped.
0: So now, why couldn't Anna have a battle cry? Well, because the swords'
3: effects they occur after you deal damage to your to the opposing player.
0: Oh, is that like just a general rule of thumb for the swords? The other, other swords, swords are
2: They always gotta deal damage. Cause I mean, uh, if you could like if you could use if you could like million top ten cards like Hans, they can put a two two token without having to deal damage. Then that sword would be pretty amazing. And you just swing with it every turn and put it on something. No matter if they block or not. Whatever it creates a silence effect for the rest of the turn. You mean, on the next turn. Yeah, somebody was no. saying it was going to like the effect might be um, you can't have a, you can't declare your battle phase next turn, which is OP.
3: Which was already uh, ruled out because I think it was Aaron Forsythe said on Twitter that they tested that ability and it didn't make it onto the sword.
1: Which ability? Silence? Or skip combat phase?
3: To Skip the combat phase.
1: It could be like, it could give you a double combat phase like if you deal damage, it'll give you a chance to attack again twice.
2: Ooh, that seems kind of powerful too. That's
1: a very red ability. It
2: is a very red ability. It also seems like a very strong ability if you manage to get one hit on the sword and you just get an extra attack phase. Especially, I mean, can you imagine that if your target, if your creature had like two swords on it or get multiple swords out? I just
3: kind of want to put a sword onto a and crusade, the new sword onto a and Crusader and have protection from everything, as well as (laughs) Double Strike.
2: Yep. Or like, I mean, you can can kinda do that right now with the the Plexian Crusader, just put like two swords on it, one sword on it and have Primer Yeah, but the Phyrexian Crusader
3: doesn't get the correct protections from everything that you'd want out of good
2: swords. I get what you're saying. You either, you either have to leave black out or you have to leave green out. I mean, leave blue out, I mean. Not if you put them both on them. Yeah, I mean, situations that occur, some. Chances um, are
3: you if you have two swords on a creature, though, you're probably going to win that
2: game already. It's probably not best to give a uh, creature so easily protection from all colors. Yep, you get all your, get all your swords on and they a judgment next turn. It always feels good. <laughs>
3: Play a new creature out and put the swords back on it. Because Squadron Hawk has assured us that we will never run out of creatures in this format.
2: I think this new sword should just read whenever Sword of War and Peace, or whatever it's called, deals damage to a player, you win the game, your opponent loses the game.
3: Well, that's pretty much what you've been saying with the land
2: destruction thing. I see, you see, I mean, there's a, there's a pattern here.
0: <laughs> I think the pattern is the Avenged. The Avengers wants us to be able to win the game.
2: Is that really too much to ask for? You can always play Battle of Wits. I'll play Test and Dorne before I play Battle of Wits. Or Coalition Victory. My favorite alternate win condition about Biorhythm or however you pronounce it.
1: So one thing that was interesting to me is, what do you guys think about the art on the sword? Like, some people have been saying that it looks like a Pyrexianism sword.
2: I don't see how they can really make that distinction. I mean, it looks like a uh, mechanical hand to me. It looks more like armor to me, because
3: it looks like the actual arm beneath it. But I've heard people say that it looks like a Volshock arm as well, so that would be Mirren.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the watermark shows Mirren, so it just seems weird. But the if you look at the art, this is kind of dark for a Mirren sword. It's kind of weird the way they did that. I'm not sure what the art direction was thinking. Do that, well, and then put, put a Mirren symbol on it.
2: Also, if you look at the art, I mean it doesn't really give away any, either side of winning either, which is... Again, Wizards, because, you know, there's a big war going on in the background, so, it's kind of like it's really giving away anything. And at this point in the war, the whole
3: world probably is getting pretty dark, though. The Phyrexians have made a major push over the balance of the world, so. They're gonna
0: win. Go Phyrexia.
2: I do really admire the two moons, like, sitting side by side between that rock. It's kind of cool. I have always been a big fan of Phyrexia,
3: just pretty much because Moth has given me so much in this game.
0: They're bad guys. So, well, no, nah, not necessarily bad guys, but they're still kind of cool. Miren, Well, Who's holding
4: the sword goes? I mean, Sword of Feast and Famine does not look like a Phyrexian holding the sword, yet it's a Miren card.
1: Yep, well, we'll find out when the card's printed, I guess.
4: Well, it'll be a Mirren card no matter what. I, I mean, it's all speculation on who's holding it. I don't think they'll ever tell you that.
2: Yeah, I mean, because the Mirren, I mean, Mirren is already the white, white red. I mean, that's their colors, isn't it? Yeah. So what is I like, anybody know, they don't really keep track of this stuff. Anybody know where blue, where, what blue side's on in, in the set? Is, it, is that Proxian or uh, Mirren? I
4: think that's the swing spot. So, yeah,
2: I was about to say that. They just kind of, like, kind go how they
3: please. That's pretty how cool. Blue's always been. They never really take a side. They just do what they want, yay chaotic neutral,
1: (laughs) best alignment ever.
0: So you wanted to talk about Gen Con, Eldritch? Yeah,
1: a little bit. Um, We kind of talked about a while back about doing like a a clan convocation thing where we all meet up at some kind of event uh, that has maybe features magic, maybe not. Uh, And then we meet up there and go to the event, have some fun, and then play some drafts in uh, paper, just to kind of hang out and meet and, I don't know, bond, I guess, over, like, more so than the clan on Medigal and Laos. That's thought it would be fun. So anyway, uh, one of these suggestions a while back was to try out Gen Con, uh, and I guess they kind of fell by the wayside for a while. Uh, but anyway, recently there was the announcement that they're going to be holding U.S. nationals at Gen Con this oh,
0: year. Really?
1: And so I thought that was just, oh, really? Yeah, I thought that was just a, a huge coincidence, you know, uh, and just maybe a sign that we shouldn't maybe consider this Gen Con this year to be maybe the, the destination we want to try to have our, our clan convocation thing at. It's be fun to go up there and I mean it's a gaming convention so you can go up there and do things that, you know entirely unrelated to magic. Just hang on to check out all the stuff that's going on up there but also, you know, just being there at the same time as US nationals. It's gotta mean that it's gonna be some intense, you know, magic stuff going on at the same time. And uh, it just seems like a good you know a good opportunity to do a do this kind of thing.
0: Wow.
2: I think on an extremely serious note, I think we should all get together around a campfire and sing ghost, so, say, go, tell ghost stories and saying we are the champions.
1: Well, speaking of campfires, Pasta and I had a bit of a conversation about that.
0: <laughs> a campfire? Going camping? Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, the thing is that he uh, noticed that since U.S. Nationals is being held up there now, it means that the demand for going to Gen Con is just kind of increased by a lot. So, the hotels up there are getting pretty expensive. So, anyway, I was thinking about the difficulty of getting up there. And he's like, oh, well, you can just come and stay with me. And then I'm like, okay, I'll just camp out in your backyard and we'll play magic around the fire.
0: Oh,
3: oh. For some reason, I see this ending very badly with whole
0: collections <laughs> in flames. <laughs> no, that's my Jace! That's Jace!
1: If I actually had a collection of paper, I might be worried.
3: Jace! Oh, so you're going to be playing Magic Online around the campfire. <laughs> <laughs> Even more
1: hilarious. Well, at least if that happened, you wouldn't lose your collection. you just use your computer. But but no, I think if we actually were going to meet uh, in real life, I, I imagine that most of us probably have a more extensive collection uh, online than we do in paper. At least those of us that play Magic Online as our primary magic fix. Uh, so in that case, probably what would be most available to everybody is the awesome of, like, Maybe everybody that comes, shows them with like a booster box of some set or whatever, and then we could just sit there and draft for the you know, the weekend.
3: You could also come up with some very very interesting drafts if people bring different types of sets. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, man.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm going to go buy that Invasion box of sitting in my car. shop. Yeah,
1: see, though, that's all we could be doing if we actually could meet up in real life and do that kind of thing.
0: Drafts would be cool.
1: And then plus the add on to that, going to Gen Con and seeing all the gaming stuff going on there. be pretty sweet.
2: Yeah, go take pictures of LSD or something.
3: That sounds a
1: bit
3: creepy. <laughs> 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 what is coming from Avengers? What more do you expect?
1: You just have a picture. You see, oh, there he is. And you just turn around. And then you take a picture and you see him in the background. And you just you point him toward him in your picture. Uh, that'd be interesting.
3: You, you go movie. to the magic site magic or channel fireball afterwards. And every picture you see of LSV on there just has Avenged somewhere in the background. There you
2: go. That's better. Oh, I can't stop that right now. <laughs>
1: You wanna share your thoughts
2: on Gen Compass? He's getting his campfire already. Yeah,
1: hey, I'm getting the kindling going. Kindling. I'm gonna start the barbecue and we can eat barbecue and play magic. Sounds like paradise to me.
0: Well I just broke Google Maps. Trying to figure out how far it is to Indianapolis.
4: You might want to yep. edit that out. They come looking for if you broke Google Maps, that's gotta be a lawsuit on your hands there, Bucko. Oh no. It
0: doesn't do
3: they wanna do you any good. Google knows everything already, so they already know who did it.
4: Yeah, they, they're sending jack thugs your way, their ex. Uh,
2: yeah, they they just Googled
0: who broke Google.
4: They'd probably have to, I don't know, bite-hound it or something, since Google's broken.
0: Yeah, ask Jeeves. Now Google actually uses Bing. Why? How much are hotel rooms going for right now?
4: Well, that's what I was telling Song last night. Uh, back when I suggested Gen Con, what, four or five months ago, they were going to be $80 a night. They are now for a cheap microtel style room. Three hundred
0: dollars a night. Oh,
2: yeah, man, we're card man. We're not that kind of money,
0: man. Exactly. Big tent. Big so, like, tent. Yeah, yeah, you
4: guys can set up tents in the yard. I'll throw some water out there for you. Turn the hose on. Give you some scraps.
0: Where do you live? Like Chicago?
4: Uh, Southwest Michigan. It's like two hours out from the site.
2: You're gonna have to rent a bus for this aren't you, possibly?
1: Yeah,
2: do you have a van need one? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Just a
4: whole bunch of us riding up in a big van. I kind of like the idea, Scott. If you show up, all of us uh, rolling up there uh, in Scott-powered rickshaws. (laughs) 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 Scott-powered rickshaws. Just as long as I'm not the one powering it. No, it's Scott-powered, as in the Avenged. Yeah,
3: I know.
2: Okay with this idea, as long as it's not me. Dude, that'd have to be a pretty large rickshaw. We can make it
4: happen, as long as you can power it, buddy. And I figure you can. I mean, you're southern fed.
2: Yeah, man. Just had me, like, five pounds of craw- crawdads this morning. I'm good to go.
4: Yep, we'll just string, like, a bunch of those up in a net and uh, hold them over a fishing line just in front of your face, and onward we will go. Who
2: who would that not propel? Yeah, I'm
3: down here on the coast. I can definitely bring up the, the food for powering him.
2: All right, Asrock's got the uh,
4: crawd heads. X, you get the fishing rod. Okay. Song, you get the rickshaw.
0: We'll have Fist bring the whiskey. What is per...
3: Well, the thing is for the thing is, for Fist, if he's using Google Maps, he has to kayak over to
0: New York or so. When is Gen Con? Gen Con is August 4th through the 7th.
4: You are gonna. It'll be hot. You'll have to probably wear a tank top, otherwise you'll uh, sweat to death.
0: I think he's used to it being hotter.
4: Yeah, but not like pulling a rickshaw seven strong. True, true,
0: true. True. I hadn't taken that into account. Wow, there's like a whole housing bureau. Bureau of Housing. It is cool. Nationals is there, though.
4: It's cool, and, and it's also unfortunate that that jacked the prices so high. Because that's like the destination this year now.
0: Oh, because of that? You think I'll, Right, I
4: mean, it, yeah, it was going to be a big gaming convention, but now it's also, like, one of the biggest uh, magic events in the U.S. this year. Ah,
0: uh, yeah, I mean... You win
4: that, it gets you qualified for Worlds.
0: And I assume the uh, Nationals is the whole four days, right? It's got to be going on the whole time, doesn't it?
4: I believe so, at least three of the four days. Because so I think they, they do what? No, yeah, you're probably right. Every, all four days, so they probably do three, four minutes, and then the top eight and whatever format.
0: Well, I was really keen on the Magic Cruise myself, but it didn't go so well so as last year, so I'm telling if there'll be another one.
4: What, didn't, did not go well last
2: year?
0: I mean, there's an app for Gen Con. A whole app. Crazy. Well, that's a keen idea. See, in my browser now says trying to reach google.com. I broke it. This is horrible. They're probably knocking on my door right now. So is there anything else that we want to cover? Any news that's gotten overlooked? Anything from the clan? No, not
1: that I know
4: of. Not really in news, but I thought that mini-master format looked pretty sweet. It'd be kind of cool if they brought that online.
3: What are you talking about? Mini-masters are pretty fun.
4: Well,
3: the way a mini-master mini works is it is you get eight people. each start off with a pack, and you take two of each of land and insert it into the pack. And then you basically just play a game of magic with that, Whenever you run out of your library, you shuffle up your graveyard and put that back on there so you don't deck yourself. And yeah, after you beat somebody, you get the, their pack and you add it to your own. And then you play with another person and then you keep going until one one person has all eight packs. That'd
1: be kind of depressing, I think, to try that
4: format. It's not the, quite the way I'd uh, write it. I'd write it where you get your, your pack, you throw in the 15 other lands to get you... Your 30 card deck. It's single elimination, uh, single game. Winner of each one gets an additional pack, not their opponent's pack, thrown into the
2: mix. Yeah, what, what he's what he's describing it sounds like pack wars. Yeah, because having to give
1: your packs to your opponent would be kind of terrible.
2: And I've actually played that in paper before. Like you know, you, you, it's really just a casual thing. Two people do them on themselves, you just you buy you both buy a pack of Magic, you open the pack up. You, if there's a foil rare, you take it out and replace it with something else. That way, you know, another the rare, the same rare. You put um, you put two lands of every basic co- every color in the deck. You shuffle up and play it, and just have it all. Just have an limit battle with your one booster pack. Yeah,
3: it's it's pretty much just a casual thing, and like I used to play that all the time in paper with a bunch of my friends. Whenever we win events, we just kind of do that.
2: I had a buddy that used to love to play that format just because he was like the number one limited player in, uh, in our town, so he would pretty much always win the head versus PAX.
4: Yeah, the format I'm talking about is actually linked to on uh, the show notes. It is in your PAX link there, Dykex.
0: It's in my what?
4: PAX, Penny Arcade Expo East, the thing you link to, the commander cards.
2: Do-do-do. Do you see?
1: I see it. Each player gets one booster pack, and as many lands as they need to build a 30-card deck. The winner round they get another pack, and they get to build a 40-card deck. Another win equals another booster pack.
0: Oh, that does sound cool. Oh, hey, who's who's been around long enough? Has there ever been m- m- leagues online? I noticed.
4: Yeah. I yeah, yes. In version one and version two, we are
0: currently in version three. Okay.
2: I've actually played leagues in paper before they had them. Well, they're called arenas in paper, those ones i played, and that was way back in the day.
1: I played Magic Online while they had leagues, and then never actually played a league while they were there.
0: Mm. And why did they go by the wayside?
1: I mean, there are a few different explanations. Uh, Pasta, do you want to go ahead and say something first, though?
0: Say first, Pasta. Pasta.
1: I was just going to say, because
4: I don't think the the current build of the client is made to support them, is what I've always uh, heard is the explanation. If that's true or not, I can't to tell see. you. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: that's one of the explanations that I've heard. The other one, I don't know, it's more... Some people, are, it sounds more like a conspiracy theory, but it's not, like they were saying that the reason that leagues got shunted off is because they didn't want to concentrate on it that much because it was probably one of the cheapest ways to play Magic Online and Wizards wasn't making that much money off of it, so they replaced leagues. Basically, I mean, uh, they basically replaced leagues with booster drafting, which makes them a lot more money.
2: But, uh, I, I heard somewhere that they were supposed to be bringing us back in the next version of you know, m is that
0: true or not? Mm-hmm. You like yeah, I mean, it looks well, that's what's in the the online update report or whatever, is some some allusion to leaks coming back, but a lot of work having to go into it to make that happen so I was curious if something nefarious happened or what pasta saying kind of makes sense
2: yeah, I basically went in and, like, you know, rigged up a bunch of them and, like,
0: totally broke the
2: four minutes, like, mail out anymore.
1: know. Oh, it's kind of silly, though. They had leagues in version 1, and that somehow going to version 2, it was too complicated for them to make. They made it once, so I don't see why they couldn't have made it twice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It always seems to me that like there was more of, like, a marketing reason to take away leagues rather than a programmatic reason, because really that couldn't be that hard to program. But then again, we're talking about Wizards here.
4: So it's probably a combination of, of the two, the conspiracy and the, the program aspect. <laughs> it was probably not not financially uh, profitable for them to continue to, doing, to do it, so they just left it out of uh, version 3.
3: Well, it's quite possible what happened was when they were adding new designs to whatever they're updating in the client that it broke League. And, like he said, it's just not financially sound for them to spend so much time fixing it when it's something that people didn't care that much for while it was around. So they just left it out.
4: People did care big time for it, though. I mean, it was huge. Just the whole, like, something that speaks to the conspiracy side is that they got rid of uh, the tournament packs. That's what leagues were
0: built around. Yeah, I mean... That does make sense, but, I mean, it is probably one of the cheapest formats to play, but... Yeah, one thing again, about like it,
1: let people play infinitely, like, so you could just, like, the reason that's why White is cheap, because in order to get, like, even, like an hour's enjoyment out of Magic now, you have to pay $15 per hit in order to do a draft, whereas leagues, you can play the, the same pool for, like, an entire month. Yeah, but they gave you the guys those yeah. played, like planeswalker cards.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: I think, thank the lord, every day I don't have those in my collection.
0: How do you not have those in your collection? Because they weren't doing that when I oh joined. My God. Yeah, those piss me off. So every time I start going through my collection... I tried to sell mine to a new player, but then realized you couldn't trade them.
2: <laughs> you are so sort despicable. Of cool. I was to say, what a jerk, DykeX.
0: I just want to be able to delete them
3: off of my account.
4: Yeah, I want to do that with those war marks.
2: You should be able to do that with cards. I mean, in paper, if you don't like a card, you can just tear it up, and I've done it before, just to spite people, you know? You should be able to do that.
3: Use it as kindling for a pasta's bonfire.
2: Exactly. Dude, everybody that goes to bonfire is required to throw a card, it's required to throw a planeswalker, Oh, no, it's required to throw a needs nice ravine into the fire.
3: Specifically, no.
2: Well, you could have chosen a more expensive planeswalker, so I guess I'm okay with that. It wasn't the fact that expensive, but the fact that, <laughs> that planeswalker I personally don't like, but... <laughs>
3: Well, if we have to throw any Planeswalker in there, I'm just going to throw in Sarkin Vol.
1: What's wrong with Sarkin Bull He's awesome.
3: He's pretty much useless.
1: No, he's not useless. Sarkin Bull is not useless. Chandra Blaze is useless.
3: Okay, yeah, I can agree with you
4: there.
1: And if you think Sarkin Bull is useless, you have never played against Pasta's Bizarre John deck. Yes, I love me some Sarkin Bull
4: I'd take him any day over Sarkin the Med.
2: Yeah, I like him in um, Nyala who's pretty good news. Okay, well then let's move on.
0: So, Pasta, do you think it's okay to do Crack-a-Pack? I yeah,
4: should probably skip it. Okay.
0: Why should we skip it? Well, right. I was
4: expecting some people to jump in. No, let's
0: not <laughs> skip it. But it did not quite work out that way, did it? Nope.
3: You just have too much influence, Pasta. We all listen to what you say.
2: Well, we're not supposed to respond. We're always supposed to respond whenever it's unexpected.
1: So what are we going to do? Um,
0: I don't know. I thought Pasta would say... Yes, we should do crack pack but I don't know, it just went awry.
4: Hey, Dygax, yeah. how's your throw?
0: It's okay. I could use a cough drop. Did you try the gargling? No, I haven't, but that might be a good idea. With some salt water? No. Oh, pretty random. Have you ever used a neti pot? I have used a neti, neti pot. Neti pots are awesome. But yeah, probably gargling with some tea and honey, that would be really good. Well, you just mean have some tea and honey. That'd probably help my throat, huh? Yeah,
4: drink some tea and honey, gargle with salt water. But first, let's crack a bag.
0: Okay, here we go. I like how you snuck it in there, Pasta. So. That should be the name of our podcast, Tea and Honey. That's a great one. Ooh. Do you have an Eddie Pie, I guess? Like
4: Okay, I just want to make sure I didn't need to overnight it to you.
0: Oh, that's sweet. So the first common we have here is Ogre Resistor.
4: Wait, 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 wait. Where where the hell was the sound effect of the crack-a-pack? Come oh, on, guy. Oh, well,
0: you missed it. Here, here. Ah, okay. Now that I've opened the pack, first common here is Ogre Resistor, which is two and two red. It's a 4-3 ogre. Just your vanilla red ogre. He's a good man
2: you're your card that you probably won't pick unless you zone creatures and mid to late pick.
0: Mm, vanilla. So far, that, that'd be my pick. Okay. Yeah. there. The next common is Rally the Forces, which is two in a red. It's an instant. Attacking creatures get plus one, plus zero. Gain first strike until end of turn.
2: And I've already mentioned in the last podcast that I like this card. It's a nice combat trick, especially for the first strike. But it's a, it's a low, it's a late
0: pick. Yep, good trick. And the next common is a frantic salvage, which is three to white. It's an instant. Put any number of target artifact cards from your graveyard on top of your library. Draw a card.
2: You know, I've never picked up this card in a draft or used it, so I wouldn't really know how effective it is.
0: I was going to say, want one or not, you're most likely going to get one.
1: The fact that you probably haven't picked one up, though, Avenged, is an indication of how bad it is. It
0: probably means something, yeah. Just out of curiosity, if you eat curiosity... If you pull more than one target artifact card from your graveyard, do they go back on top of your library in random order or in some particular order?
1: I'm pretty sure you get to pick the order, right? I think it's probably the order, and you, you select them. Once you pick first, we'll go on the bottom.
0: Okay. The next comment is Tangle Mantis, 2 and 2 green. It's a 3-4 with Trample.
2: He's a pretty solid guy. I mean, he's pretty cool. You
0: know, he's a, he's a
4: respectable person. He's the green ogre resistor.
2: So he's more,
0: he's more special. How about this one, Razorfield Rhino, which is six colorless. It's a four-four with metalcraft that gets plus two plus two. I
2: mean, he's kind of, he's pretty good beats. I mean, he doesn't really have any kind of evasion or anything special, but you got metalcraft, he's a pretty nice big guy. Your opponent's gonna try to either chomp, block, or take every turn.
3: He's a nice dinosaur. I don't if dinosaurs I are ever. the kinds of the things you're looking for for your
4: deck. Yeah, I would never pick up uh, a Rhino. There's better things to throw in that
0: six spot. Pasta would never pick up a
4: Rhino. Ever.
0: The next, uh, the next uh, common is Phyrexian Rager, which is two and a black. It's a 2-2. When Phyrexian Rager enters the battlefield, you draw a card and you lose one life.
2: I like that guy. I think he's even standard wordly in some decks. I mean, just a 2-2 body for free and card is pretty good. And um, especially in Link, they can help you draw into more um, creatures or whatever your
0: threats um, are. Yep, I you summed them up pretty good. All righty. Next, we have Rested Slasher, which is four colors. It's a four-one. You can sacrifice an artifact and regenerate Rested Slasher.
2: I think the only time i play this is if I, if I needed a, a sack outlet for my artifacts.
4: He's good, but very uh, specialized.
2: Like, if I had a couple inkwell. well, or whatever they are called, or a couple on um, Cabal Reborns, well none of that. If I had a couple like the draw a card when it goes to graveyard artifact, I'd probably run this guy, but
4: Eckerwell Springs. He works well in like furnace celebration builds as well.
0: The next common is Banishment Decree, which is three and two white. It's an instant. Put target artifact creature or enchantment on top of its owner library. Its owner's library. It seems awfully expensive.
2: It is, but it's still pretty good.
4: It's not super great, but it is decent if you're in white because it's somewhat removal, and that's hard to come by in white.
2: I mean, it also sets your it also sets your opponent back a turn. Like, I mean, it's just that you know, they don't draw anything new the next turn. So if you're, if you're in a winning situation, it helps you even more. But if you're in a losing situation, it just kind of bides time a little bit. And also, yeah. it's such a
1: generally bad card that it'll get your opponent off guard.
0: <laughs> WTF? Oh, yeah, I kind
3: yeah, of I kind of put, put it in the, the, same, the same I put in the same slot as excommunicate because it's practically the same effect and it was excommunicate was always just way too underpowered to be useful.
2: But you have this one or two games where you, if you had it, it, w- it was actually good. But I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's not not good in most situations.
4: It'd be in the sideboard, but you could bring it in against a slower deck if you're not playing like a super fast aggro deck. It could change the tide of a game. But you would never start it or pick it early. You'd take it uh, over a basic land in those last two
0: picks. Or over a frantic salvage. That was our card, too, buddy. Dude. And the next common is Rotwolf. Two and a green for 2 2. It's an infect. Whenever a creature dealt damage by a Rotwolf this turn is put into a graveyard, you may draw a card.
2: I don't like infect. when somebody else talk about it.
0: I do. He's one of the better infect creatures, bes- besieged
3: at least in green. He's nice and strong and can get you cards.
4: He's good in decks that aren't dedicated infect as well too.
2: But if you're not going, if you're not, if you're not dedicated infect, you're just kind of doing a do half ass right? And that's not really very effective.
4: Yeah, he just got a nice bonus of drawing you a card and. Probably removing a creature off the board if you're doing it right. Yeah, he's
3: he becomes a two two with defender if you're not playing him in infect, but that's still not necessarily a bad thing.
1: And if you're drawing a card, he's gotta necessarily remove a creature from the board. So it's like a two for one, which is a pretty solid guy.
0: Why does it say this turn? Why doesn't it just say whenever a creature dealt damage by Rotwolf is put into a graveyard? Why does why does it have this turn?
4: Because Rotwolf deals damage in the form of poison counters, so you could hit a three three, so making it a one one, and that could die three turns down the Brilliant. road. Brilliant. And his effects.
0: Brilliant. Hey, my neti pot is plastic. Do you have a ceramic one? I do. Oh man, I gotta get me one of those. Live and large. <laughs> live and large.
4: That's how you know you've made
3: it, though. you got <laughs> yeah. a ceramic neti pot. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what exactly it is. Uh,
0: the, t- the time... You know Google? Oh, the- <laughs> oh, wait, Google's broken, never mind. Uh, the time will come I will have ceramic neti pot. The next common is Flare Husk, which is one cost. It's a living weapon. Equip creature gets plus one, plus one. And the equip cost is two. Seems pretty reasonable.
2: So... It's a one drop. It's a one drop equipment that gives you a plus one, plus one in the creature. It seems like a decent enough deal. I mean it's not gonna win you no game on its own, but I don't know. I mean if you're low on if you're low on one drops, early drops, pick it up, be pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think you're on something. Alright. And here's a card whose artwork Eldritch likes, but it's probably all it's got going for it maybe is silver skin armor which is two colors equipped creature gets plus one plus one and is an artifact in addition to its other types equip
2: i have bad i've had bad luck with this card i put it on i'll put on one of my like toughest creatures to boost it up and then my opponent just goes and plays like a shatter or some kind of artifact destroy effect and then i lost a creature
3: yeah it's really bad in this limited format because everybody runs so much artifact removal
0: so you just putting a bullseye on your card? Pretty much. What kind of environment would it be favorable in? That's a good question.
1: I mean, just in general, though, it would be favorable in an environment where your deck needs to have artifacts and your opponent's not running main deck, artifact,
3: removal. Brilliant. And in a situation where your creatures are not
2: artifacts already. I'd say that, because if you're running a deck that really needs that artifacts, then you're probably
1: not running that many you
2: know, non-artifacts in the first place.
1: I mean, the formats that could potentially use the card, like Legacy, that cards it's far too slow and clunky for that kind of thing to happen, so I don't, I doubt really there's going to be an environment anytime soon that's going to really take, be able to take advantage of the silver skin armor.
0: It's still got nice artwork. It does. Alright. Let me check something here. Yeah, that was our first uncommon. So, our next uncommon is Plague Mob Beast, which is 3 and 2 red, it's a 4-3. Sacrifice creature proliferate so you can tap him sacrifice a creature and proliferate
2: it's pretty good in infect builds from what i've seen
4: yep good in infect or uh, dinosaurs if you got tumble magnets or trigons or anything that needs proliferating
3: even sphere of the suns to get some more mana
2: what i like about this guys unless you get some use out of your creatures if they're about to be destroyed like if your opponent's going to kill one of you guys be like hey in response i'm going to proliferate
4: Or way to sneak in two more damage off a Perilous Mirror that's going to get you the GG. Or
3: just finishing off a creature that has a minus one, minus one counter on it.
4: Yeah, so I think we've summed up the creatures or cards with many, many uses. It's good stuff.
0: And the next in common is Pierce Strider, which is four colors. It's a 3-3. When Pierce Strider enters the battlefield, target opponent loses three life.
2: Um, pretty solid card. Better, the better one out of two striders, uh, in my opinion. Um, if you got a way, it's even better if you got a way to keep putting them into play. A Hell Giant
4: and uh, a Lightning Bolt combined. They're
0: not bad. It's not a Lightning Bolt. If you happen to pull this one, it's pretty good. And oh, our rare is... This better be good,
4: because this pack's been pretty weak.
0: Well, there's still a German and Island, but... It's Creeping Corrosion, which is 2 and 2 green. Destroy all artifacts. Reset.
1: Well, that's my pick.
0: Reset.
3: That would be my pick, too, with, with the rare and looking to make an infect
0: build. I'd be taking the Rat Wolf.
2: I'd probably be taking the
0: Peace Drunner and see it, honestly. <laughs> Eldritch, what makes you choose Creeping Corrosion so emphatically? In fact, the,
1: the pack really is empty of any other decent cards for the um. most part, and that. They're just, and, I mean, but also there there are a ton of artifacts in this thing, and I think, I mean, it's a four mana, you know, pretty much kill artifact spell, and I think at the least, in most games, you're going to take down at least two or so artifacts each time, and, the, you, know, the, you know, the downside, obviously, is that you're going to be hurting your own artifacts if you get a lot of them out, so I wouldn't be trying to play, like, a Metalcraft build and throw in, like, Creeping Corrosion, but... Yeah, I think like Osric said, like if you go for an Infect, Creeping Corrosion actually is pretty solid to pick. Or if you even go for like just a big creatures build, like if you get like fingered Marauders, like if you have a fingered Marauder out and you play Creeping Corrosion, you're going to gain like 30 life.
3: And a note, fingered Marauders are extremely good in Infect builds as well they give you so much life and the opponents are going to be losing
1: all like one thing about taking rares like if you're not sure and you're between a rare and like an uncommon or a common and they're not really that relevant I'd always take the rares because you're not going to see the rare again but you can usually pick up the common or the uncommon somewhere else
2: some rares you'll see over and over again distant memories mirror turbine that seems to
1: table around a lot
4: I should not table around that's first pickable Hard, hardcore
2: yeah
3: mirror turbine is extremely good
2: I see them, but I've seen on the table. There's
4: not much I would pass over a mirror turbine, or pick over a mirror turbine, rather.
0: So that's it? That's all we've got? I'm gonna go make some honey and tea? And, and use her an, an eddie eddie pot. pot?
1: Yeah, boy. I love this guy talking about the Sword of War and Peace. It should be called the
0: Sword of uh, the sword of Milk and Ketchup. <laughs> this is a good, good combo to me. Have you guys heard of this movie Sucker Punch? Yes. Yeah. Does it look-
3: I saw an
0: ad for it the other day. Does it look good?
2: It looks good? I heard about it the first time today, and everybody was like all excited about it. I'm like, I haven't even heard this movie.
0: That's what I'm saying. It'll
4: have a crappy story and some pretty cool uh, effects. That's Zack Snyder's uh, mo. Hot chicks.
1: I said that, like it looks like one of those kind of gimmicky movies. Like it could either be like, I mean, I kind of see it as sort of like a movie like 300. The story for that was just so cheesy, but the movie itself was just so amazingly epic and awesome because the, the lines and the, the battle scenes and the action. That's the way that movie kind of seems like. It could either be a complete and total failure and just have good graphic, good action, or it could be like, I don't know, a cult, other like, than like 300 was.
4: Well, what a coincidence because Zack Snyder made Sucker Punch and 300.
1: Yeah, that's what, I guess that's what I was going <laughs> toward, but uh. It's because that's, that. that's
0: the bridge I was building.
1: Yeah, so I can I can see how it could go either way. I mean, I think that 300 might have been just his lucky break and might have just been, like, you know, I'm not sure whether you can do it again, but if he can, Psycho Punch looks pretty sweet. just based on the preview, so we'll see. Yeah,
2: somebody was well, telling me what was, uh, that one of the reasons why the movie's going to be awesome is because it was made by the same person made Watchmen. I'm like, yeah, but Watchmen's an abduction.
4: Yeah, Zack Snyder's made quite a few movies that all please the eyes and sour the brains.
3: Watchmen was pretty bad on the storyline since the book was so much better in the graphic novel. Absolutely. No
2: question. It's like a page by page adaption though.
4: No, 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 no.
2: It's pretty Zach close. Zack Snyder. For being a movie. At least it's
3: not being about Cool This is true. Then all it would be is one big explosion.
2: I South Park episode where they, uh, where yeah. they bring in my, um, him to try to figure it out anyway. It's funny. Yeah,
0: that was good. Yeah, it was really good. That's it for episode 18 of The Voice of Seraphim, Tea and Honey, brought to you by Neti Pots Everywhere. I'd like to thank my co-host Eldritch Song and our special guest Pastafarian, Avenged, Osric, and Fracture for joining us this week. Members of the clan j- can join us for the next recording of The Voice of Seraphim on Saturday, April 9th at 9 p.m. Seraphim time. Until next week, this is Dicax, and you've been listening to The Voice of Seraphim. Thank <laughs> you.